Welcome to the Unlocked Journey, the podcast that takes you on a transformative ride towards personal growth and self-discovery. Join us as we unlock the secrets, strategies, and stories that will empower you to overcome challenges, embrace change, and reach your full potential. Each episode features insightful conversations, expert advice, and practical tips to help you navigate through life's ups and downs. Whether you're seeking guidance on relationships, career, mindset, or overall well-being, we've got you covered. Get ready to embark on a journey of unlocking your true self. It's time to unlock your potential and live your best life. Let's dive in. Why just stop at self-care? Why not do go over and beyond in your life? Why not connect with your partner and being able to just connect in a beautiful, natural way? Needing support, needing help in your relationship can definitely help you navigate through what's been going on in your life. Serenity Haven Healing can help you and your partner. Definitely reach out to Serenity Haven Healing on social media, on Facebook or Instagram, and send us a message. Let us know what can we do to help you and you and your partner's relationship today. Welcome everyone to another new episode of the Unlocked Journey. I am your host, Tahira Young, and today we have a special co-host, Sharika. Is I pronouncing your name correctly? Sandrika. <laughs> Shantrika. Okay, there we go. My apologies for just tearing up your name. I <laughs> am bad with pronouncing names. So I thought this was a really good opener. Um, let our listeners know who you are and what you do and what you specialize in, if you specialize in anything. So my name is Chandrika D. Fee. Um, that last name is spelled P-H-E-A, if you happen to be looking it up. I am an author best-selling award-winning author of the the book lord i don't want to die a christian my journal and journey to freedom um i am an educator uh, or i work for the the department of education in columbus georgia i am a pastor's kid um i am a uh, pastor's grandchild i am a pastor's niece clergy um runs in in my family on both sides of the family and so um i have a degree in biblical studies um i am ordained and i love the outdoors um i am interested in expanding my experience of life and people in the world and uh um that's kind of what i'm in pursuit of what freedom looks like on me as me oh i love that i don't think i've ever heard someone say it in, in such clear decisive on what freedom is and but they give the definition of what freedom is and then they 
segue into what they think freedom is or how it kind of affects them, but it doesn't really match. So I'm very curious and interested to see and hear exactly what is freedom to you and how do you plan on using this freedom in your life? Cool. Are you asking me now or you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, freedom for me looks like a uh, curiosity without concern uh, for what other people think. Uh, particularly, uh, it, if I can say adjacent to um, the title of your um, podcast, um, particularly to, you know, adjacent to spirituality and um, being curious about all things, people, all things, nature, all things, God, all things, the world, um, and not concerned for uh, what other people think about my willingness to um, prioritize curiosity over um, religious tradition. I like that. I like that. I think we will become best friends when we meet in real life because that's exactly <laughs> how I have been living life for the last year and a half. Um, oh. Kid you not. Um, it took a lot for me to go through a spiritual journey where ripping out of different uh, mindsets and different types of culture that I grew up in and thinking that I have to be a certain way because, you know, society and, you know, my upbringing and things like that. But I was like, you know what, I'm a special person that is not tailored to all of this traditional way of doing, doing life. Mm -hmm. um, so I've, for me to kind of step into this a little bit more, with my spirituality and then just being able to just have that freedom to live life how I see fit um, and just be the, ver the version of, of myself without any kind of pressure, without any kind of judgmental towards from other people or, you know, um, just being able to see life for what it really is. Um, but also make a difference and make a change in other people's lives in the gist of it. But being just just totally me without having, you know, like that voice in the back of my head, be like, what are people going to think when I do these things? Mm -hmm. um, so that was a huge um, outcoming out of my comfort zone a lot because that took like the biggest guts of all. And people like, hey, I still love you. I still love who you are. I, I love you even more for even showing up for like how you are spiritually um, and just showing that you're very natural with things. I think that's cool. And, I, and, and great that you still feel uh, that love. I, I, for the majority, um, am experiencing the same thing and find it difficult not to focus on those who walked away. Um, because, you know, I'm choosing um, to love people despite the difference. Um, choosing to exit the, the race of winning people to my side or to my preference or to what I was raised to believe, um, to the religion that taught me and reared me and readied me. Um, so yeah, I, 
I have got to learn to focus more on those who know who um, I'm not hiding from and they stayed. Right. I mean, I could definitely can and to test to that as well. Um, once I started coming out of my shadows with spirituality and really start to show up a little bit more, a lot of people were like, ooh, I don't know about this. Let me kind of <laughs> let me kind of ghost from you. Um, but I realized that not everybody is meant to be in my world. And that was a very hard pill for me to swallow. Yeah. Um, um, but now I'm more comfortable and I realize, you know, everybody's in your life for a season, not, um, and they're not supposed to stay around for, you know, a lifetime. So now I just embrace it. Now I'm just being able to just be very natural with, you know, individuals that I come across. What, what I am learning is that the, uh, the arrival to authenticity is revealing that which was not authentic. Yes. Yeah, so no, I, I totally agree on that. Um, I think that is uh, a lot of people don't have the the natural way of doing things, especially when it comes to um just be authentically themselves. A lot of people feel like they have to hide behind certain avenues, certain things. But what is your intake on the journey since you've gone through everything? What is your intake on just embracing other people's lives, regardless of their backgrounds, regardless of what kind of relationships that they bring to your life? Um, what is your overall overview on that? <clears throat> I I love um, the opportunity to connect with people despite the difference. It is the best way, I think, and I'm trying not to say the only way, but the best way yeah. for me that I have, that I've experienced uh, love. The, I, like, literally, I can feel the um, tension that comes with the exercise of love um, before deciding um, that I did not want to use Christianity to, to create relationships. Mm -hmm. I, I never felt the, um, the friction, you know, right. it's easy to love uh, people who believe the same as you that's too easy yeah so no I agree the 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 friction the the rubbing together of um the differences I believe one way someone else believes another way and those conversations that create the friction for mm -hmm. me is the best exercise of love it, you know and I say that uh thinking about you know, being in the gym where you need resistance to build muscles. Right. So it's the experience of that resistance. It's the pushing through the resistance to love, loving despite the difference that I love. I, I love that. Like, I love the challenge of coming to 
uh, some kind of understanding, finding what we have in common. Right. And in the difference. You know, I've gone to uh, to sit in a mosque on, uh, uh, you know, what I would call Muslim fest festivals, if you will, Eid and, and certain other uh, celebrations. And um, sitting in there where there were women, women and children in one room, men in another, being raised Pentecostal, where men are essentially in one room and women and children are in another. That being the men were on stage, the women could not be on the pulpit. They couldn't preach from the pulpit. They couldn't sit on the pulpit, but the women and children are in the audience. You know, wow. right. the children being so playful as uh, the men prayed and the women agreed, you know, silently. Um, seeing myself, as a child sitting on the front row with my mother and the men praying and preaching as the women agreed, you know, so it's just so many things um, that we have in common, you know, and the exercise of finding what those, what that is between people who identify um, spiritually and religiously different is right. a fun exercise for me. I like that. I never looked at it as that point of view before um just look at the differences and and just kind of having that as a a challenge to kind of dive a little bit more into the differences between myself and other people um that kind of create conversations and mm -hmm. look at different views and look at different perspectives of different um, avenues of life and what they experience what i experience and kind of have a dialogue that, like that um that's something I like that. I like that challenge. Yeah. Um, when you said it was a challenge for you, I was like, well, I like challenges. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's a, it's a, and by a challenge, I mean a healthy challenge. It's an opportunity right. to grow. Um, it's an opportunity to, to expand. I love it. I love it. Um, I wish uh, I could have those kinds of experiences uh, with people who, are of the Christian religion, you know, but most often it is, um, you don't believe what I believe, I'm out. Um, but I can have those kinds of conversations with Jewish people. I've gone to the Jewish synagogue and had conversations. I've gone, gone to Jewish synagogues and volunteered, you know, oh. served all kinds of things. Like I literally put myself in the way of obvious differences you know, um, there is a, 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 a guy who walks around, um, our downtown area. He is a, oh, what's the, what are the guys who live in Tibet and they're, um, you know, they go, they live in solitude. I know what you're talking about. I can't think of the name at the moment. Um, monks, monks. Yeah. Right. I would love to have a conversation with him. Like I see him all the time. When I see him, I'm I'm cycling and I'm usually mm -hmm. cycling very, very fast. And so right. it it would I'd be doing myself a disservice to stop. Most every time I see him, I, I scream, I want to talk to you. I would love to have lunch with you. And I just keep going. <laughs> but to learn what the differences are and find also what is common to sit with him. 
Um, mm-hmm. Even as we are watching uh, the Israel Hamas situation, I wish um, I could find someone to sit with, have a conversation with me um, and explain to me um, their point of view, their perspective. Um, right. But do it in love and with respect because I have my opinion, you know, I have my thoughts. And, right. uh, and to be able to share that and be an example of of what what it can be that you can you can disagree um you can find what you have in common and and still walk away and love each other you know i, I used to say all the time i still do can you know the worst about me and still right. and still love me i like that I like that. I think a lot of us should should ask that question in the midst of conversations um, as we dive a little bit more deeper into each other's uh, differences. And I think, you know, as uh, closing together, I think that that question should be brought up to see how different we are in a sense of conversation, but also can you still love me even at the at the darkest moments of life that I share? Um, I think that's I think that's pretty good. So let our listeners know what inspired you to write this book. I'm very curious. I um having a my degree in biblical studies and at the bare minimum being licensed as a minister, had mm-hmm. an opportunity to go live in China. Uh, oh. in China for for two years. I took a summer break as most universities do. I went to teach there. Um, took a, a short summer break, went back to China second for a second year. And after um, my visit to back to the States before going again for my second year to China, um, mm-hmm. I I was different. Um, I, I came to the States. I went back to churches as, as usual and um, was hearing things I had not heard all year experiencing things I hadn't experienced for a full school year. And it shocked me. It was culture shock for me. And and mind you, as I mentioned earlier in my introduction, in the introduction of myself, um, I was born Christian. I say that. I offer I was born Christian. It was not a choice for me. Um, Right. uh, It was an inheritance. Um, Right. So, I've done Christianity and and black church, Pentecostal church all of my life. And I go away for one year and come back to culture shock. Everything I've known, I am now in shock about everything. And I'm not joking. The, the sound, the conversation around the devil, tithing communion. I was in a country where none of that existed. And I did not realize I hadn't participated in it either. That was the biggest shock is that I didn't realize that I had not been doing for a year what I had been doing all of my life. And I went to China in my 30s. I'll be 50 next year. So we're not talking about, you know, we're not talking about um, uh, 19 years of living. I was in my 30s. So I had been in school, graduated, all of the things, you know, preaching. I was the pastor of music and arts at one point. I was the minister of outreach. I had tons of ministry experience before going to China. I go to China and forget all of it. Um, I was doing Bible studies, but I couldn't do 
Bible study as I'd known it. I couldn't do Christianity as I'd known it. I couldn't teach Christianity as I knew it here in the States. My students were poor. They couldn't give tithe and offering. But that's such a big part of our message in Christianity in the States. Right. There is there is no church for them to join uh, publicly. There's something called a three-self church there. And that is planted by the government. So it's not, you know, it's not a, there's not a church that they can join. So I can't, right. you know, forsake not to assemble yourselves as a matter of some do and, and use a congregation for them to join. I couldn't do that. Communion for us was going to eat a meal. It wasn't going to buy bread and juice. Where was I getting it from? Right. That they didn't have bread, but there wasn't the bread that we, you know, none of that. Yeah. Then the cultural idea, the the cultural idea or acceptance of eating the body of Jesus, and I'm supposed to teach that to these babies in China, and and they have questions about that. Yeah. So there's just when I when I came back, I realized I didn't teach them Christianity. I taught them the love of God. And I didn't teach them that through scripture. I use scripture to bring them to me to then okay. teach them that by example. As me, through me. But I didn't realize that, that was that's what was going on until I got back to the States and was like, what in the world? <laughs> I don't <laughs> want this anymore. So yeah. a lot of the very, even salvation, you know, offering that to my students and taking them through the, the prayer of salvation, all those things. Now I have questions about, and that's what made me started writing the book. I started to document the questions I had, the new questions I had. I started to revisit my time in China um, via the things I wrote and, and seeing myself new versus what I had done and documented while I was in China. And I began to write. Wow. That's... I mean, and, and that that's that's kind of the 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 long version. The short version is I was frustrated between uh, me again coming back to, to the States and feeling claustrophobic at church and with how life was for me now that I'm back. Um, looking at the same people every Sunday, every Wednesday, every week, um, saying mm -hmm. the same things. They ain't saying nothing different. Ain't saying nothing new. Um, and then, you know, uh, our white evangelical Christians of influence were uh, being vocal about their disdain for having a black president. I'm wow. watching CNN one day and uh, the, the story was a pastor allowed his grandson to stand on their stage, their pulpit, and sing a racist song about having a black president. I turned the TV off. I got up from my couch um, to start cleaning up uh, my apartment. There's a better choice than to listen to that. I go yeah. to the door to pick up some shoes I left at the door. And when I raised up, I literally exhaled, Lord, I don't want to die a Christian. <laughs> I took one step forward and thought that's a book I took the next step forward and said out loud all of this is out loud I wasn't planning on writing a book it's never my intent 
And um, and so I began to press in to write this book and I started to document my journey uh, to something greater than uh, Christianity. Oh, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. I love that. I think when we are connected spiritually through the highest power, you know, God, whoever you guys believe in, I think when you are connected in that in that form, you start to connect more of the dots, the, the dots meaning the missing pieces of life. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you dive into that and figure what that is, then you have a, a an awakening happening. And however that looks for anyone in the world, um, you then will start to document and then start to share that message through a book, through a podcast, through something that would help someone um, establish what you're trying to, what your message is trying to get out there and open more eyes to what has been closed for however many years it's been. So I believe that you were destined to go to China, destined to find, find all these different avenues, but also help you open up your, uh, your mind, your heart, your ears, your vision, um, and to be able to kind of document things and then being able to write your book and to share that with the world and to help other people in in the community and around the world and just sharing your message. I think that's very powerful um, when it comes to, you know, your spirituality, when it comes to uh, growth in a sense. So I think that is something very, very unique and very powerful for anyone to go through. So thank you for sharing that. I'm definitely going to uh, purchase and definitely take a read because I'm now curious <laughs> as a person who's who's been on this journey for a couple of years. And I know I haven't made a dent into anything yet, but um, I'm very curious to see how this next uh, chapter of, of life looks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think once you ask your first question, you know, once you 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 take the courage to entertain other uh, possibilities as to how and why all of this is all of this thing called life is mm-hmm. um, there's really no no turning back. None. No, I agree. I definitely agree. I've had this question many times. I've definitely considered it because, you know, because while um, this has been exciting, often it is, it's a lonely journey, especially because again, I was raised um, and born into Christianity. So none of, I didn't have any friends outside of that, outside of the religion, none at all. Wow none so it's this um so i was prepared you know for for people to to step and some did um i don't anticipate that the the last one being the last person yeah Um, but i signed up for that i signed up for that yeah i agreed to write this book when I agreed to write this book, I agreed to lose everybody. And I mean everybody. It includes my pastoring parents who who have not gone anywhere. But I agreed to lose them when I decided to say yes to this book. 
I hadn't written anything. But the day that I said, that's a book and begin to pray about what to write. Mm -hmm. I agreed at that point um, to, to lose everybody. I mean, literally, there was nobody in my life that was not Christian. Wow. Yeah, it is a lonely, a, a lonely journey. Mm -hmm. I can say that. <laughs> you definitely will lose family and friends when you go through a spiritual journey. But I think the more we go in depth into the spiritual journey, somewhere along the way, you'll start to see some family kind of resurface, but the, the relationship there is different. Yeah. You see the vibe is different. The communication is totally different. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's happened to you in, in recent years, but has any, anyone that you've lost during this transition, have they kind of resurfaced again? If they have. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> no. And, and I have to, I have to, um, I have to offer this. I forgot. I should have offered. My sisters have not gone anywhere. I have, I'm okay. the oldest of three of four girls and they okay. haven't gone anywhere. Um, and I knew that they wouldn't, but everybody else. Everybody else gone. Well, I just expected it. Not everybody else is gone. What I'm right. saying is, is that again, when I agreed to write this book, I expected, I was preparing. I had already in my mind lost everybody but my sisters. And and I agreed to do it. I was okay with it. If that right. meant even my parents, I was okay with it. Um, it was just more important to me to surrender to what I believed to be an assignment for me uh, mm -hmm. to write this book for those who... Um, were are secretly asking questions if you will you know yes um secretly curious secretly feeling like uh they are by themselves and wondering um why uh these inconsistencies you know I was talking to someone a couple weeks ago my, my uh where I get my place where I get my hair done and this is very simple um uh versus a lot of the depth that I wrote. Right. Um, but I just asked one simple question. Didn't Jesus say that, that, you know, we should fast in secret? And she said, yes. I said, well, then why do we know about his 40 day fast? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's you know, true. You know what I mean? Just a giggle, yeah. like, you know what I mean? So, um, but that, uh, you know, Again, opposite of asking Christian parents, why would you give birth to children believing in hell? You believe in hell and believe in the in free will and the choice that your children will make. Why would you have children? Why would you do that? Um, you know, the Bible is the authority of Christianity. And there's a verse that says every good and perfect thing comes from above. That's what a lot of Christianity uses uh, to, to celebrate their children. Every good and perfect thing comes from above. So why did you leave that good and perfect thing above? 
Yeah. Why bring that good and perfect thing to the world of free will, risking that a child may choose life that renders the uh, wages of sin, quote unquote, being right. death. And so, and, and death, as, as I was taught, it was eternal hell. So why'd you bring me here? You believe in priestess, why have children? That's a very good question. So a very good question. So it's that, you know, it goes from, you know, me reflecting on decisions I regret um, as it relates to pointing people to certain beliefs in scripture, um, you know, denying or forgetting my own story of heartbreak while I'm pointing them to scripture. And I didn't want to hear no scripture. <laughs> When I was, you know, my heart was broken to, yeah. to, um, you know, to questions like that, to continuing, you know, to ask questions. Why, why do we know about Jesus's fast um, when, you know, the admonishment was for us to keep it secret? Yeah. That is a very good question on that one. I wonder about that. It, you know, just really providing reasons to ask uh, providing reasons to be curious and mostly providing reasons not to judge another religion. Yeah. When, when there are reasons to ask questions of what you believe you, you shut on up about somebody, about somebody <laughs> else's stuff. Right. You know, you, you quiet, quiet down now, come down <laughs> off your pedestal because, yeah. because, you know, there are things worth asking about your, um, your religion. I stopped, yeah. stopped trying to, to win souls to Christ when I didn't know what winning souls meant. A soul is, as far as I know, is, is immaterial. So what am wow. I winning? It's intangible. It it's is intangible. It's intangible. Last time, I mean, you know, that's what they had said. So it, it, is it broken? You know what? What? What is being saved? What is being rescued? What is yeah. being tended? What is being healed? You know, um, a lot of Christianity preaches the brokenness of the soul, and it keeps it keeps Christianity dependent upon itself. It keeps Christianity dependent upon its pushers. You know, because my soul is broken, quote unquote, and needs to be mended. So I just keep coming back and I keep coming back and I keep coming back. You know, it keeps it keeps the business going. Yeah, no, I agree on that. I Yeah, there's a lot of deeper issues that are going around, but I feel like a lot of people should take the time to really ask these questions. But I think they may have thought it. I know they probably have thought it you know, once or twice in their lifetime, but never really like spoke out about it. Like, Hey, why is this? Right. Because you if, know, if we do, it, it's risky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My husband is like that. He quote unquote questions, everything, like literally everything. It could be down from religion. It could be down to why are you cutting your toenails? I mean, it could be literally anything he's questioning. I'm like, why do you question things? And then he 
you know, he's like, well, you know, have you ever thought about it in this, you know, in this way? Have you ever thought it about this way? You know, questioning it in a sense, he's like questioning, just questioning things isn't a bad thing. It's just about, you're just very curious about things, but you're also trying to find the logic behind what society has put into the world, other people's thoughts and opinions is put into the world. So when you grow up that way and believing, a, you know, a certain religion or, or a certain way to live life, and then you, when you get an adult, you start to question those things. Is that really how life's supposed to be? Is this really how, you know, being in this religion supposed to be, you know, those kinds of questions. So I, I commend him for doing that. And I'm also commending you for doing the same thing. It's just asking those questions, those right. hidden questions that people don't want to talk about. Right. Um, but, you know, when he starts to talk like that, he's like, people are just like, yeah, shut up. Um, I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, don't even make I me, feel- <laughs> don't make me think, don't make me change. Don't make me, don't make me wrong. Yeah. 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 That's what he's, that's what he's saying. He's like, yeah he's like I'm not looking to be right I'm just asking people to think you know a little bit more on the issues that are you know servicing and there are a lot of issues so just asking those questions and open your mind and heart to ask those questions and see that see can find the answers if there's any yeah I agree I agree I like to say asking questions um because you know um as I think you probably can relate in the black community, uh, questioning something or someone um, has a consequence, a negative consequence. You don't yes. question me. Yes. And so I actually wrote yep. uh, an entry in my book about uh, um, asking God questions versus, versus uh, questioning God. I'm not questioning God. I am, however, asking God questions. Yeah, no, I do. I ask him. The, I ask him the questions. I don't question him, but I ask questions, and he'll show me mm-hmm. exactly why this is the question I'm asking. So mm-hmm. I take, for example, asking. You know, a certain family member of mine will act a certain way, and I'll ask a question, and then the consequences is behind that is I'm not talking to you for or however long I choose not to talk to you for, so that we don't talk. And then I get the backlash. Well, how come you didn't call? Well, you told me you weren't going to talk to me for X amount of time. So you gave that consequences to me because I asked you a question. But now, as I'm looking at everything, because I do like this deep work with spiritual um, spiritual things, with healing and and really kind of understanding the background with family dynamics. And so when I start to ask those questions that they can't even answer it, I guess they have the answer to it. They just don't want to give it to me. I see right through the answer they give me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is not the answer. You're giving me some bullshit answer. Mm-hmm. You're giving me something that you think I want to hear, but I know that's not the answer. Mm-hmm. So then I I do the, this visual work where I can see like generational things. And so it will come from like my great grandparents or come from some long distant cousin um, from, from the past, or it would come from like my grandparents, 
stuff like that, I kind of put the pieces together and I'm like, okay, so the reason why you're acting this way and you're behaving this way and your actions that you do and the consequences that you've set up comes from these individuals. Mm -hmm. And these individuals have gone through the same thing as when they were children. So it's like a generational history of mm -hmm. patterns of behaviors and and uh consequences so mm -hmm. i was like okay let me break these things and so now let me ask more questions mm -hmm. so it's just i love to ask the, ask the questions my kids love asking questions um i i embrace it because you're very curious and you want to know the answer to these things yes. and um I say there's no silly questions out there. There's no dumb questions either. Um, questions are just questions. You're just trying to find the answers to them. But I love embracing those. Um, but a lot of people are just like, nah, I'm not going to answer those questions. I'm just going to keep quiet. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorites says, questions are answers in seed form. I've heard that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've heard that. Questions are answers in seed form. So often we're ask, asking the question because we have the answer already. It's just like, eh. and, and the, the answer to why have children. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what the answer is? I can say it this way. The answer is a diagnosis. Now, I don't know what the diagnosis is. Oh, really? Yet, but the answer is a diagnosis. Why have children and preach and believe in hell? There's a diagnosis in there. I just, I, okay. I, I haven't read it yet. <laughs> but okay, you know what I mean? Like what? what I could see. I could see. I, no, I, honestly, I could, I could see that. I could mm -hmm. see that there's a, there's a lot of diagnosis for a lot of different things, but not, you know, not medical diagnosis but there's a diagnosis for a little bit of everything i feel mm -hmm. like but yeah i i can see that i can see there's a diagnosis there mm -hmm. just haven't figured out what it is I, I there's gotta be a diagnosis for that i'm curious to find i can i'm curious to know what that is it is right yeah it'll come it'll come to me one day if you definitely find that diagnosis i'm i'm i definitely want to know about that because yes, I'm I'm very intrigued. Because I look at it as <clears throat> if you see individuals, especially couples, if they are together, you see the ones that are family oriented, and then you see the ones that chooses not to, and then there's some that that can't have kids. And I'm looking at all three levels of these wonderful people. And you see the first two people, the first two that either can't have kids or they choose not to. They're living their best lives and they're, you know, doing things, you know, uh, changing the world, starting, starting organizations, foundations, supporting people, helping people, all these different kinds of things. But then you see the family oriented things where they're miserable, they're not happy, they're, um, you know, they're sacrificing so much to, to just to provide for their children, their family. But then you have it where 
either there are some that don't believe in any kind of Christian or any kind of religion. And then you have the ones who do believe in the Christian. You, They believe all the good and all the bad and everything in between. Um, it, there's so many different things, but I've seen in these different avenues, like which one is the right one? And some people are like, well, it's just happened. Kids just came into the picture. I really didn't want kids. You know, I hear that a lot too. And I'm like, well. Well, you know, Christianity teaches, <laughs> Christianity teaches that, uh, be fruitful and multiply means to have children. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not talking to uh, those who weren't intentional. I'm talking about those who believe having children is a part of uh, their duty as Christians. Yeah. I've seen that. Why, why would you do that? Why would you have children for a God? Yeah. A hell for as a consequence for their free will. If they don't choose according to uh, the consequence of heaven. Why would you do that? You're you're obeying a command from God to be fruitful and multiply. If that is what was said by God, if mm -hmm. that is what was meant. By right you you and so you're doing this in response to this admonishment for a god who also created a hell for your child yeah if your child does not choose salvation so have children so that so that they can live in this world of free will mm -hmm. and have to choose to go to heaven or hell. I like that option. That should be an option all over your problem. Well what I, I'm I'm saying I'm saying I'm I'm saying this is what what Christianity implies. Christianity yeah, implies yeah. that people yeah. should have children to then bring into the world of free will to then have to choose how to spend eternal life. All of this for the God that said, have children. True. No, so I, yeah. With, with, there's a diagnosis there somewhere to me, you know, that you would, yes. you would, you would accept such an admonishment believing in a hell. That's, that's, you know, I I don't I don't understand that. I never understood that when I first heard it when I was a kid, and then as I got an adult and heard it again, I'm like, this don't make sense to me. Like, what? What are you talking about? And, and then I, I, I was gonna say, and I think it's it's one thing for it not to make sense to us, but when you ask Christian parents the way this question is. You mm -hmm. can't get away with just that it don't make sense. Yeah. You know, no, you, you, have have to, you got to explain. Yes. Yes, you explain have to this. <laughs> you know, that way you can't you can't just say, well, you gotta have faith or you got uh uh no 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 no. Explain why you had children while believing in hell. 
Somebody asked that question a couple of years ago, and I was like, I've never heard it asked. I wish I had known. Somebody, no, because I went to a church with a friend of mine um, a couple of years ago, and some 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 lady asked this question, and nobody had the answer. Mm -hmm. They're like, I don't know, but well, and the question, it's personal the too, but it's personal. Yeah. I want to know why you. I'm not looking for a theological response. No, tell me why you. I mean, my father preached hell like nobody else. Heaven too. I mean, he preached it like he had been there. No, oh I never heard anybody preach it like he did. Why you have kids? You you know what it's like. You know the reality of living in a world of free will because you've lived in it. You freely yeah. got married. You freely found a wife. You freely had children. You freely go to work. You freely. So you know what it's like to live in a world of free will. Mm -hmm. You've known that since before you had children. You've been cognizant of that for you know from the probably to the from twelve to the day of you know you uh what's the word um when a the other word the word for when a uh, wife or people to come together sexually but i'm trying to think of the it starts with a c um Oh shoot! But just from I don't shut up. <laughs> yeah, I don't shut up. From you know, from from the from twelve, from ten, will you know that that you make choices and choices come with consequences? Whenever you learn that, to the day that you decide to lay with a woman, contemplate the marriage. <laughs> consummate, yes. Yeah, yeah. Consummate the marriage. Yeah, yeah. You you know that there's this world of free will. And yet you yes. bring children into the world of free will mm -hmm. believing in hell. I don't get it. I don't get that either. Have you asked him that question? Yes, I was hoping you didn't ask me. Oh, sorry. I ask you. <laughs> no answer given, I, I assume. <laughs> it just, you know... I'll say for me, it was inadequate. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I've heard that question being asked in several different ways. But yes, it is a personal question to ask, you know, parents. For that individual, for the, for, the parents, for the parents. Yeah. And I've heard two other people say, I have no idea. And then the other one was like, well, if you just believe in, you know, the, 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 you know that's so Jesus easy. Christ um I know if you just believe in the Jesus Christ then you know all is well I'm like but that that statement is very vague but you can believe in Jesus Christ you believing in Jesus Christ according to Christianity doesn't mean your children right your children doesn't doesn't mean your children believe it right my mama taught me she she taught us nice people go to hell too okay you know what i'm saying so so i could be a nice oldest child right me believing 
my parents believe because I don't have children. So my parents believing in in you know in Jesus and it, that don't does nothing for me according to what Christianity says. I still have to confess Jesus is Lord and I have to submit to the will of God and obey and not sin, not offend. Christianity teaches that that we offend God. You know, so all of those, it, it, all that is all personal. My parents cannot save me. So um, believing is not it, the answer either. Mm -mm, no. Because what a Christian parent believes in, the child can believe in something completely different or the opposite or right. none at all. Right. So then a lot of people are getting back. Well, the I guess the parents that are Christian um, get backlash like oh you know I've heard someone say in the midst of conversation well you know your child's going to go to hell because your child is doing xyz it's not the Christian way to do things mm -hmm. um, you know pre-marital uh, relations that they're mm -hmm. having before marriage and you know wait until you get married for that but then they're like oh well your child's gonna go to hell because you know they're doing this before marriage and you know all these other different kinds of things and I'm like you want my opinion on that I can give you my opinion on that right now I'm just observing as always but they're trying to you know loop me into the conversation I'm like no I'm not brought into this conversation. This is the conversation between you and this other individual, not, you know, the three of us. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just, you know, observing and I'm like, that don't make sense either. What you're saying, the statement that you're giving is very vague. Like you need to elaborate a little bit more on this detail. Like there's so many different things. I'm like, okay, this is not, not cutting it for me. Mm -hmm. um, people can't give a solid answer when, these no. are personal questions. I'm like, no. and, you and need if, to you, if you can't give a solid answer, then you need to be quiet about pushing the religion. If you right. can't give a solid answer to some of these questions, then shh. Yeah. Quietness is the best medicine for you. <laughs> Unless you have a, a solid answer for the questions being asked. But a lot of people are still giving that vague answer. If you just believe, and that's all I've been hearing my entire life. If you just believe, and even my even my mom, she says the same thing. I'm like, I ask her questions, she can give it to me. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. She's she's you know all about the Christian and about the faith and you know about the bible and stick it to the bible and all these different kinds of things but i was like but wait a minute you preach in the bible but you did this this and this prior to that so what happened <laughs> so what happened right <laughs> no answer right. given you know so. my, my mom taught me especially when it comes to preaching particularly when it came to preaching that i couldn't preach anything um that i i'd not experienced However, uh, a lot of the King James Version of, of the Bible, which is the most sold purchased Bible in the world, mm -hmm. a lot of it is uh, written by, and I should say a lot of it is written by, a lot of the letters we read of in the New Testament are mm -hmm. authored by Paul. Paul was not married. Yeah, I did hear that. 
So if Paul was not married, you are preaching his his conversation around marriage. <laughs> <laughs> right? But he was not married. But I can't preach what I've not experienced, but you can preach what he has not experienced. True. You know, come on, y'all. Let's, you know. Now I agree. But but you know, thinking apart from the majority is new. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't mean new as in never done, but because of the internet, it yeah. is more prevalent now thinking apart from the majority than I think it has ever been. No, I agree. I agree with you. There's so much opinions and information that people just assume and consume and assume that things, this is how it's supposed to be. Mm. And instead of them doing their own research and articulating their thoughts and opinions, they're taking opinions and thoughts from others and absorbing that and, you know, making it theirs and i'm like no that's not a good way to be yeah um you know form your own opinion about the issues the topics or whatever your religion if you so to speak they did the people's reading of didn't have a bible right so uh, all that we're reading it was authentic um interpretations of life Complete and total authentic. Moses standing at a at a at a bush that was burning and and saying that it was talking to him, told him to take his sandals off. To stand, he was standing on holy ground. Now he the only one up there. And right. if he went down there and told him people that followed him out of Egypt <laughs> that a burning bush was talking to him, you mean to tell me out of all the people, thousands of people, nobody thought. Did he just say a bush was talking to him? Right. Now they probably would have. They probably some of them probably say, Are y'all sure we should left Pharaoh? Because he crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so, but he had nothing to confirm that. What 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 book did he have to say, you know, what I'm what I just experienced or how I interpreted that experience is valid? He didn't. Right. Right. Noah in the ark, Elijah in the chariot, you know, uh, um, the whale, the, the, uh, uh, what's his name in the whale? Him. Yeah. Zacharias in the tree. Let me go on and on and on. The woman who, who, who touched the hem of Jesus's garment. What book did they have to confirm? The they didn't. Mm-mm. They didn't. But we say, as I write, you know, if it's not in the Bible, it is in God. But the Bible didn't exist from creation. <laughs> True. You know, True. It's, it's actually dated. It actually has a date on it. The first one is dated. Mm-hmm. No, I say that. So, so yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, what would you give advice to our listeners who has been listening to this episode so far? Uh, but what advice would you give them when it's their time to, I guess, question? Well, I guess if they have questions mm-hmm. around spirituality, around their religion, around life, 
um, what advice would you give them or what encouragement would you give them, I should say? Um, I kind of want to be churchy and say, be strong and courageous because it takes courage. It takes strength. And if, um, if at the first question, you finally entertain it, you get to the point where you even write it down and, and walk away from it and, you know, meditate on it, mull over it. Mm -hmm. You have courage to ask the next. And then your courage to ask the next and the next. Um, and it gets to the point where that muscle of curiosity continues to build. Um, man, I, I never knew I would be where I am today. Out now I'm reading other material that is perhaps bringing freedom in other areas of my life, but it's, I had to start with what I had prioritized and I prioritized Christianity and, and, and traditional practices. And so now, um, now that I have, uh, some traction under my feet and I'm pretty confident in the decision, um, of, of, of curiosity versus religion. Now I'm being introduced to some freedoms in finances and freedoms in money and free, like, think, you know, I, yeah. you know what I mean? But just, I was taught a certain way about a lot of, uh, about a lot of life. Yeah. And now it's just like, wait, that's not true. Either. It's, it's either. And it's, we even talking about religion. We just talking yeah. about money, you know? Wow. Um, uh, being, uh, rightfully so, I think being taught that it is, uh, um, something to pride yourself in to, to, to own and, or to pay mortgages and to owe all this money and debt and, and come to find out, wait a minute, there's some, there's some, there's some different things in the law, you know, it's like, why ain't nobody teaching this? And it go and the same thing goes for um, you know, for religion. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I'm enjoying the journey, the door that has opened because of the courage it, you know, I took to start with, you know, um is Christianity. I think one of my first questions I write in the book is Christianity a thief of our personal stories? Hmm. That is a very good question. Yeah, and it comes out of experience. So I'm not, you know, I, I had this experience of of, and I alluded to to it earlier. Um, one of my students in China had found out her boyfriend was cheating, and she's heartbroken. And I mm -hmm. sent her to scripture. I sent her to Proverbs 31. I still I still don't know why I sent her to that, but I sent her to scripture and mm -hmm. celebrated her response to it. And when I went back to read the documentation of that experience, I was different. And in, in my being or in my uh, recognizing the difference that I was, I remembered that I was in China because I had broken off my own engagement. Oh, wow. I was open to whatever, as a lot of us are, a lot of women, you know, when we break off significant 
uh, relationships, we get uh -huh. our get tattoos or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. We do something major, you know. Um, yeah. And the opportunity for China to go came up and it was like, shoot, I ain't doing nothing else. I'm not getting married. I'm not getting ready to be the wife's mama, blah, 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 blah. So I went. But, you know, I forgot. I forgot about my own experience of heartbreak. My heart hurt so bad, even while in China. I, I if it it hurt in my chest, but I forgot oh. because my normal response had to be that of Christianity. I was right. taught to do that. My students asked me why I was so happy. Number one, I didn't know I was happy. Number two, I gave them the response I was told to give. It's because I I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Yeah. really didn't even I didn't even know I was happy I was that's what I was told I was told it was joy and this joy I have the world can, didn't give it the world can't take it away that's true and so though I was taught that it's but I was taught that this was a result of Christianity and so that's the answer I gave them versus you know asking questions. Am I happy? When did I become happy? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so, you know, just revisiting um, life as I knew it, life as I thought it was. And, and it takes courage to do that. So again, back to the advice, be strong and be courageous, which is in scripture. That's why I say I feel like being churchy, but yeah, but you're fine. But I can say that because it is my reality. Yeah. Some of the things that are that are in that book is not my reality, so I don't talk about it. I offer all the time, the people who wrote about heaven or hell had not died yet. <laughs> <laughs> they hadn't died yet. That's true. And so That's the people who have died, they haven't sent us a book back to tell us what life is after so right. you did nobody knows. <laughs> mm -hmm. Nobody no, knows. Nobody knows. Yeah. I was wondering that myself. I was like, well, I guess we'll never know. But I guess, you know, maybe in the future, I'm guessing maybe there might be a book. Maybe. That comes from somebody who died. Yep. <laughs> yes no i agree and stayed died and and i said it on purpose and stayed died not dead and stayed died and in that of course we hear stories of people who said you know they died for a few minutes or five minutes or whatever and they saw a light and all those things and mm -hmm. i still have the question of so what is it like to be there for an eternity because you don't know no, right. Because that's what we're told. That's what we're taught. We're taught that we're going to go to these separate places for an eternity. Okay. And those who taught it had not died yet. No. Nope. <laughs> you know, so, you know, but we'll preach that. But if I tell you to go to a restaurant and I tell, I sell it to you. You really mm -hmm. should try it. They have this on the menu and that on the menu and this on the menu. You should try this and that and the other. And then the prices are good. And then they say, well, what's your favorite thing on the menu? Oh, I've never been. 
Then how can you give the recommendation? Right. There you go. <laughs> yes. I missed, no. I missed my case. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I totally, totally agree. Um, <laughs> I'm a very strong believer on that as well, where, you know, if you give the advice, you've been through it. So yes. I don't yes. give it. I, I do the same thing. I don't give advice when I, if I don't, if I personally haven't gone through whatever it is, if I don't have the experience in that, I'm not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So the things that I do talk about, it's the things that I personally have gone through, I've witnessed, I've done work around it if there's work need to be done. And I tell you, hey, I've done this work and this is how I've overcome it. This is what I've done to get on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that I talk about. But no, recommendations also goes with that as well. If yeah. I have never been to a place, I'm not going to recommend something I'm not that, recommend I've never tra- <laughs> that I've never tried. Right, right, right. So I definitely agree with your um, word of advice. Um, be courageous. Mm-hmm. Um, it does take it gives you the strength that you need to, to ask those questions yes. and from a person who was very shy and very um, sheltered at some point in life and not being able to be openly asked those questions gave me the strength to ask more questions mm-hmm. and now I'm just like overflowing with questions um to the point my kids now ask overflowing questions. <laughs> um, and, and you don't have to ask them openly, but no. don't but don't deny yourself the personal conversation, the inward conversation, you know? Right. Um, and it takes courage to do that too, because yeah. because you're unlearning. Unlearn. Yes, you said unlearning. it right. You're unlearning from family history that you whatever yes. you were brought into you're unlearning all of those things it, i do talk about that too yes, um unlearning courage to yes unlearn. it is taking courage yes i'm still unlearning now <laughs> yes so am i as i as i alluded to again earlier finances unlearning that's the next on my list mm-hmm. that is the next thing I'm, I'm working towards in the new year is unlearning the financial piece because i like this it has to be different than what it is it's like right. i know there's more to it i know there's something hit some hidden pieces i don't know nothing about oh, girl just be ready to not do anything else when i when i got ready to get on this line i was pausing some learning there are so right. many so many uh uh the act of 1933 and the act of this and the act of that and the, so many Truth and Lending Act and all of these, all this stuff that is, it's not hidden. That's the problem. It's not hidden. Really? It is not hidden. We just don't read. And we are preoccupied with being entertained. Interesting. Yes. I have shared with friends some of the things I'm learning. I have shared with people who need this information Mm -hmm. and, and they won't read it, but they will watch a movie. And I'm not joking. Okay. They'll watch a movie, but won't read. No, I I, I definitely want to read this because I, I found uh the the audio, the reader on my Word document today. In Word. I don't even gotta read it. I'm reading along with it, but I don't even have to hold the document. It's reading to me. True. 
you know? <laughs> and so because of it, because of the things I'm learning, I got a, a very great call today from a bank who got a document for me today about my mortgage. Interesting. Uh-huh. We need to resolve. We need to resolve something. And I've only been paying this for nine nine years. So we the the call was is give us a few days we and we'll call you back to resolve it. Oh, okay. Because there are, are laws and acts. I mean, all the Federal Reserve Act. Uh-huh. It's online. It's right there. You don't have to, you don't have to, it's not hidden. We just don't read. We are just assimilating, 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 assimilating. That's all we do. True. No, I see that. I see that. And then, you know, these things, well, I should say this, the, the things that they say that are hidden, like you mentioned, most of the things aren't hidden. And it's just opening it up and actually reading, like you mentioned as well. Yeah. But society has made it where, oh, this is how it's supposed to be with finance. This is how it's supposed to be with this. This is how it's supposed to be with that. I'm like, no, I'm unscrapping all of that. Yes. I'm learning the truth behind these things. Yes. And I'll go off of what society has said. Right. Society is not right. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry to say, but it's not right. Isn't None it? of it's right. There, well, I'll wait till we get off here and there's more things, but it, <laughs> it, it literally has taken up a lot of my time. I want to be at a certain place come next may so i am reading and and watching videos and doing research every day that's what i need to do every day that's what i need to do more research and things because i'm i'm in the midst of creating something i something has told me to do something and i need to do more research on mm -hmm. and so um I need to do more research on a lot of different other things, but financial things is, is one of them, but trying to know what that is and what the actual law is, what the, as you mentioned, it's not hidden, but reading those things that I think that I once was thought that it was hidden, but it's not. Mm -hmm. um, and reading those things and kind of figuring out exactly what that means. What, how does that really apply to the life style or just the world in general and not what society makes it to be right. um and unlearning all of this crap so mm -hmm. it's just that is my new motto i'm unlearning and i've been unlearning for the last couple of years and i'm still unlearning a Dude, lot i always offer i will always not be dying a christian to the day i die i will not be always not be dying a Christian. There's going to always be a societal opportunity mm -hmm. presented to me that I'll have to consider how to handle through the experience and through the eyes or perspective of love. I'm not mm -hmm. just going to automatically, you know, be just whoop-de-woo. No. Right. It's, I'm going to have to reconsider and ask myself, what do I believe about this? Why do I believe that? And how do I handle this from a perspective of love? I love that. I love that. It's like something that I always say, you know, you 
do things out of love, not out of fear. Um, and the more you put into the, the more you perceive it with love, the more you get the answers that are already, like you said, that's already inside of you. You already know the information. It's just, it's headed inside of you because there's so many things that you've learned. So the things that are truly inside of you are down at the very bottom. And so now you're trying to find that in, that information and pull dig it everything out. up. Dig, yeah. <laughs> dig, everything, dig up. everything up first. Right. You do. You do. We have to, un you have to dig everything up and then um, pull out the information that you're looking for and then you'll find it. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. Do everything that comes from love. Um, that doesn't, doesn't matter what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish, come from love when you're doing it and you will very, very be happy about that. Um, I've definitely done it. So I'm, I'm, I can speak on it. <laughs> um, the reason why I created this podcast, that's the reason why I've I've created such a unlearning lifestyle for myself, for my family, um, and really start to help and support others in different ways uh, when it comes to their own growth, when it comes to their own spirituality and learning different things that are already within you, but elaborate more on that so just kind of unlearning everything so mm -hmm. that is my spill of the tea um <laughs> of why I created this podcast but I truly enjoyed having our conversation today and you definitely have opened my eyes a little bit more um the curiosity is still there and it's just I'm just more curious so that's even greater so I, I thank you so much for that yes ma'am any last words you'd like to give our audience before we wrap up our episode? Thank you for having me. Uh, You're so welcome. And I am everywhere on social media. Uh, the book is at um, Amazon, Books A Million. Um, the other bookstore is Barnes & Noble and a few other places. Uh, just, you know, Google. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok. I'm not doing a lot on TikTok. I'm an <laughs> introvert. Um, and so, uh, you know, doing a bunch of lives and all those things on social media is not, I don't do that. Um, but if you hit me up, I love personal conversations. Um, so hit me up. Let me know where you heard about me from. Because if you don't, I'm going to think you're crazy. <laughs> heard me on this podcast let me know yes all our information everyone is in the show notes below so you can definitely check her out on social media i'm definitely going to be following her we're going to have more conversations this is just the beginning for us so i'm excited to see where our future conversations go and we're learning from each other spreading the word giving you guys the wisdom to just have that curiosity to ask those questions so until next time everyone we'll catch you guys with a brand new episode next week